everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Something to Live For, uh, a podcast slash audiobook uh, where new chapters will be released every fortnight. My name is Alex Lawrence, and I've been developing this story for around 18 months or so now. I originally released the first 10 or so chapters via the website, uh, and then as an ebook, uh, but I've decided now to release it all uh, as a podcast. Uh, and the ebook will then be released once the podcast has been completed. The story picks up 19 days after our main character's wife and son were brutally killed. So, as you can imagine, this is not a children's story. The story does contain material that some listeners may find distressing or disturbing, so listener discretion is definitely advised. This episode and the next few, I imagine, are being recorded as DIY as you can get. I'm currently sat in my living room with my dog on my lap, speaking into my phone. Uh, My girlfriend is at work and my two youngest boys are upstairs in bed, so you may hear the baby monitor go off in the background. Uh, If you do, it's not part of the story. You can get involved with your feedback and your theories on the Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash something to live for series. Uh, And also please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on the next episode. If you would like to leave a review as well, that would be much appreciated. So anyway, on we go with the story. don't need to know my name. It doesn't matter anymore. I've lost everything. My two-year-old son, my wife, my family. We live in a warm, homely, terraced house just outside of Maidstone. Lived. We lived in a warm, homely, terraced house. Now, it's just me now. 19 days I've spent in this house alone, with my son and my wife reduced to puddles of blood on the recently paved driveway. I paved it myself, and even though it was a real botched job, I was proud of myself. Sarah, my wife, she hated it and insisted we pay for someone to come out and do it properly. It wasn't just the driveway. I'm not a DIY kind of guy. I put a radiator back on the wall once because Milo, Our son practically pulled it off as soon as he knew how to stand up. It wasn't straight and she never let me live it down. I'd give anything to have her moaning at me about something right now. Anything. Why couldn't you have saved us and stopped us from being ripped into a million pieces? I can hear her ask me with that look that she does. That she did. That she used to do when she was still here with me. I'm sorry. Before I knew what was happening, you were both gone. I was carrying the bags into the house and I made sure the dog didn't escape. I came back out and and there were ten of them. 
You were screaming and Milo, he was asleep. He couldn't have felt any pain, but I know you did. I saw it in your eyes and you were, you were trying to save our baby. I don't remember the sound of your voice anymore. Just your screams. One minute, we were out buying our new summer clothes for our first family holiday. And the next, without a single warning, I find myself alone, barely surviving. The last thing I told her was how shit she is at parking and that she should let the big man drive. She'd still be alive if she took the bags in. And I wouldn't have spent the last 19 days trying to figure out how I'm going to carry on living with nothing to live for. I haven't been out of the house since that day. The electricity hasn't worked for 12 days, but Sarah's weird obsession with candles has started to make sense. They smell so familiar, like she's still here insisting that we light one once the baby's in bed to help us wind down. I can't bring myself to look out of the window. I, I hear noises from outside, but there's no way I'm going to check what's making them. We live at the end of a road leading to the train crossing, so there's always people walking past the house, chatting loudly. But this is a different noise. It sounds like the low, chattering hum that you hear at the end of a church service. Then it went away, and I haven't heard a thing for three days. I know I'm going to have to leave soon. I haven't spoken for two weeks, and I need to connect with someone before I lose my mind completely and give up. I'm down to one tin of spaghetti hoops and a bag of cheese and onion crisps. The night before everything happened, I'd done an online shopping order to be delivered three days later, but it didn't arrive. I'd been rationing since my appetite started to creep back, but we only had toddler food, frozen food and crisps in the house. It's amazing how difficult it is to cook anything with no electricity and no camping supplies. I stopped bothering to try and waited for the frozen pizzas to thaw out and ate them raw. I'm not a survivalist by any stretch of the imagination. I've often sat around with my friends and with Sarah, talking about what we'd do if a zombie apocalypse happened. I'd find us a boat and stay on the water as long as possible. That was always my answer. We were a stone's throw away from the river, so it made sense. But I'm never alone in that scenario. I'm taking my family and picking up the rest of the gang to see out our adventure together. Before I knew anything was wrong, I'd lost everyone. I was in contact with my friend Daniel for the first few days before the network went down. He was safe at his house with his family the last I knew. Maybe I could go there. But that was 15 days ago now. The TV went a little after that, although most of the channels went off earlier. The last thing I saw was BBC News saying, stay in your houses, the military has been deployed across the country. I haven't seen or heard any army men, so I guess that's gone to shit now too. I've made a selection of weapons. How pathetic. I've not had a fight since I was 13, and that was mostly headlocks and missed punches. I've certainly never swung anything with the intention of crushing a skull, assuming that's what I'd have to do if I came face to face with whatever killed Sarah and Milo. Fuck. I don't even know if destroying the brain is a thing. I don't know anything. I've got a hammer, the thicker half of a snooker cue, some hedge trimmers, four heavy table legs, a saw, a curtain rail, 
and the pole from Milo's swing ball set. I've screwed some long screws into the end of most of them. How pathetic. I don't even have a bag big enough to fit them all in, except a couple of suitcases on wheels that they would make such a racket that it would be like blowing a trumpet in a church during silent prayer. I'm fucked. How do you prepare for a world like this? Is it exactly like it is on the TV and in films? Are there thousands of people like me now who are safe in their homes running out of food? Are we all going to emerge like cows entering the slaughterhouse, getting picked off by hordes of these fuckers with no hope of escape? I need to make a plan, stick to it, and just fucking hope it works. I need food. Where is their food? I need tins of food. I'm guessing supermarkets, they'll be empty by now. I could start small. I haven't heard any noises from my neighbours since it all started. The couple to the right, the end of the terrace, they were in Tunisia when it happened, so they definitely aren't home. The good-looking guy to the left, he went to work that morning. I don't think he came home. They must have some tinned food and I could go out the back way over the fences and break in. I just need to do it quietly and fucking quickly. I'll go to the right first. I've never been so scared in my entire life. I've got my hammer to help with the breaking and, and for protection. What am I even saying? Their back door is one, one of those plastic white ones with six glass panels. I've never done this before. Do I just hit one panel and reach in to unlock it? What if the key isn't on the other side of the door? I'll have to create more noise to smash a window, so I'm just going to go through the window anyway. Do I hit it anywhere or, or right in the middle? I am so shit at this. In the middle. Here we go. I mean, the key was in the other side of the door. I'm keeping that. The house is dark and it smells damp. Without electricity, their, their dehumidifier hasn't been running. Over the fence, they would often complain about patches of damp appearing on the ceiling or on the walls. I'd always tell them we had the same, but we didn't. Our house was perfect. The doors entered straight into the kitchen, which is a relief. I've still not gotten used to the constant silence. It's, it's like the only sound is my heart beating out of my chest. Who has this much tinned salmon? Eight packs of four tins. I fucking hate salmon, but I'm literally in the worst position to be picky about food right now. I'm looting from my neighbour's house. I'm looking around for more weapons as I go. I seem to remember this guy hacking away at his garden with some kind of machete last summer, so I'll check the shed before I head back. Four bean pots, 32 tins of salmon, a packet of poppadoms, an eight set of decent looking kitchen knives, a mini baseball bat, and I found the machete in the shed. It's much heavier than he was making it out to be as he was swinging it around his garden. The good looking guy to the other side he left his back door unlocked, which is the right result. I've weirdly always hated the sound of smashing glass or plates, but knowing it could alert my existence to God knows who, I hated it even more. I've always wondered what this guy's house is like, because he's always dressed so well and he's had three brand new cars in the last two years since he's moved in. It is a swish-looking bachelor pad. Everything's either black or white, but hypnotically shiny. 
His TV is huge. It must be about 70 inches. It's always bothered me if someone's had a bigger TV than me, but that's possibly the most insignificant thought I could have had right now. It smells of stale smoke, even after it's been empty for 19 days. And there's four big pouches of tobacco on the coffee table. I quit smoking when Milo was born, but the cravings never truly went away. And I'd sneak the occasional smoke every so often without Sarah knowing. Into the bag they go. If ever there ever was a time to not worry about the health warnings, eh? What the fuck is that? Movement upstairs. I tighten my grip on the hammer as if I'm actually going to be able to defend myself with it. What could be in here? His car wasn't on the drive, so he hasn't come home. The back door was unlocked. Am I stealing this person's tobacco? There's another noise. I'm fucking leaving. Before I can, the sound comes tearing down the stairs. I back up towards the exit, but I'm not fast enough. I'm face to face with it. His fucking cat. It looks hungry. I know the feeling being cooped up in a house for 19 days. I can see the cat food on top of the fridge and slowly move towards it without making any sudden movements. Imagine being mauled by a house cat. Right, the cat's fed. I'm fucking out. I left the door slightly open just in case he wanted to venture out too. I'm going to fill up the bag that Sarah got me when I started my new job. It's got a shoulder strap, which she said would make it easier to carry all my clothes without creasing them when I went away for short business trips. They still come out completely creased. I'm going to put most of the makeshift weapons into the boot of the car, but the machete stays with me. This is so fucked up. Where am I going? I'd normally check Google Maps and I don't even own a paper map, so I need to go somewhere familiar, somewhere that I trust, somewhere with friends. I don't know how the roads are, but I'd be insane to walk, so I'm going to take the car as far as I can. I'm taking my car, not Sarah's. Walking past them is going to take all of my strength without having to deal with that too. I've got about three quarters of a tank of petrol, so I can get as far as I need. Daniel's house is about 15 miles away, and if I can get there, I'll have deserved to have survived. I just hope that he has too. there you have it uh chapter one of something to live for uh is out there and uh i hope you all enjoyed it uh, and as i said at the top of the show you can get involved on our facebook page over at facebook.com slash something to live for series uh i'd love to hear uh, any feedback that you might have um any suggestions i mean the story's done so they might fall on deaf ears but you know i may I may use them in another story another time. Uh, so the, the next chapter will be released uh, in two weeks from today. Uh, and if you subscribe, you will make sure you won't miss that and any more episodes that follow. 
Uh, so thank you very much for listening, and I look forward to speaking to you all again very soon. <laughs>